0: Welcome to The Thriving Marriage, the podcast for those who want to get their spouse back in love with them and truly thrive.
1: You'll learn why 95% of people don't save their marriage and the secret method no one else is talking about that will change everything for you. Are you ready? ready? Let's turn tragedy to triumph. Here are your hosts, international marriage experts, Mark Johnston and Heather Choate
0: welcome to the thriving marriage podcast uh my name is mark johnston with me today is sergio hey sergio how are you doing today
1: doing well doing well and we are super excited today we're going to be bringing in some interesting topics that we're going to be talking about what do we have on the board for today mark
0: well i thought i wanted to go over a little bit um, something that, that I've been seeing in a lot of the comments and a lot of what I've been hearing from clients. Um, a big topic that I'm hearing and that keeps coming up is a topic of hope, like and just about everyone wants to um, have some sort of idea about how much hope their their situation has. And so that's I think that's one thing that's been really weighing on me for a little bit as i've been seeing that in the group
1: yeah and there are some interesting cases about that how people miscalculate hope but before we get to that um let's go through some of the wins we had uh, we just recently are opening up now uh, the cohort for new clients of december for the next six months and we have like some super fresh of the open <laughs> wins literally from like seven hours ago <laughs> yeah. and things like that so let's go to a couple of them just yes, to kind of bring in some positivity here for some of you are struggling a bit more. Uh, we have here Stu, one of the recent clients. Uh, He's sharing in the face in the clients community. He says, Hey, Mark and I talked last week and we put together a plan to give my wife certain access that she was looking for. So effectively, he he joined in a pretty tricky situation. Um, And he had quite a big win because he was talking about very sensitive topics with his wife. When he came to us uh, at the very beginning, his wife was, I believe, blocking him sometimes, right? Even blocking the text messages, that kind of thing. Do I remember correctly? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she was blocking him and blocking him. He was super confused, right? Again, this is the type of emotional alcoholic behavior we see. And the win is that finally they are able to talk, right? Without her exploding, without her attacking him. So, congratulations to you, Stu, on that uh, win. <laughs> yeah, that was
0: a, that was an interesting situation there, where like there's a lot of fear about being open and being transparent um, with with his wife, and the that was the fear exactly what you were just reading off there that there's going to be a lot of attacks with that. And what I've found with a lot of clients is <laughs> there's there's some a lot of reluctance to go through the needed, difficult, heavy conversations that have been just kind of been held back a whole bunch. You know, somewhere along the way, they're like, oh, go ahead.
1: There is either reluctance or too much interest in having those conversations. It's never the middle.
0: Yeah, I suppose. Well, and and this is the kind of thing that I noticed with that is like there's a bit of like almost like a pendulum effect where – sometimes people will really lean in one direction like maybe a ton 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 of avoidance and then all a once it swings in the other direction and sometimes in some unhealthy ways like i'm going to be super transparent and i'm going to tell you everything and then it all explodes and then they go back yeah. to avoidance and it's a really interesting phenomenon that i see with those kind of things but anyway,s like this was very much a an instance of there was needed some like some hard conversations that were being held back and it was, it was you know it was really good to see that that went for for Stu that it didn't turn out as badly as he had hoped and
1: yeah, yeah it's what we tend to expect when you know what to say when you know what you're gonna text you know what you're gonna say it's just way easier most of you guys are trying to you're dealing with an extreme case right <laughs> and you're trying to figure out on your own what to say what to do It's hard. If it's an easy case, an intermediate case, sure, you can work it out. But if you are all kind of people, you are in an extreme case, there are affairs, there is anxiety, there is depression, maybe PTSD. Uh, Maybe there is a horrible story. Your spouse thinks you're horrible (laughs) or worse than you are. Maybe there is little communication. If you're in an extreme case, we put the example of you're being effectively drafted to like play in the NBA, right? Or like imagine you are drafted to be like in the Marine Corps or in the Navy SEALs or something all of a sudden, right? You're being put with the best of the best, with like the very top, in this case, in a very top extreme case. Hmm. You are not qualified yet to neither assess how much hope there is nor to look at the actions of your spouse and tell whether they mean anything because they usually don't.
0: Yeah, I'm reminded a little bit of, uh, conversation that I had with a prospective client, um so occasionally i'll I'll jump into some of these calls and I found it really interesting uh this this guy here he he presented a case where he himself had had a lot of doubts about his marriage, and he kept bringing up these doubts, and his wife kept wanting to work things through, and eventually she kind of got fed up with a lot of her his doubts and was starting to pull away. And it was really interesting in, in this conversation that, you know, on on the one hand, he was expressing to me he wasn't sure if he could find any amount of love in his marriage. And then I, when I asked him a little bit later, I was like, you know, "Like, how hopeful do you think that there is a, a solution around this?" He, he actually listed some high number, like seven or eight. And I was like, oh, "That's really interesting. You're telling me on the one hand." you don't think that you can have any good deep fulfilling love in your marriage but then you're you're telling me hey there's probably solutions to there and i'm talking to him about this i was like what what's going on there um and he just quite frankly i don't think he knew what to what to say uh as in like that that was a real that's a really confusing situation like i and i recognize myself like it's as you were saying Sergio. it's hard to evaluate how how much hope or how much ability to fix things there are when you're in the middle of it all so like yeah, exactly. even, even himself he was on both ends of the spectrum
1: almost it seemed like at different points Exactly. people don't people don't understand that this is a job <laughs> like it's what we do, right? We work not with easy cases, but with extreme cases. And you, Mark, are in the battlefield every day. Imagine what you guys listening to this are going through. Mark is going through five, six, seven times a day with every call. <laughs> the <laughs> pain you are in, the mercy. <laughs> I'll tell you, do it's, it yourself, it, you're
0: like sometimes at the end of the day, I'm gonna I, I just sit there and I'm like, that that was some intense stuff going on there that day. <laughs> I mean, I'm able I to, handle it. I, like, I'm I'm used to this. I've been doing this kind of thing for now, oh, a good 15 years. <laughs> and exactly. well, like, honestly, sometimes the stuff that you guys are bringing up, it's hard to deal with. Um, I'm, I'm not just talking about myself. I'm like, you guys are dealing with some tough stuff.
1: Exactly. Emotionally, right? But at the end yeah. of the day, the answers are there. It's always usually the same pattern. We are not surprised when we find out that your spouse had alcohol issues, or your spouse had some anxiety, some depression, some some external factor. We're not surprised by that most of the time because we're guessing those things. We're guessing most of the things because we see it every day.
0: Oh, there's, Anyways, there's uh, definitely like very clear patterns. Like I can almost hear it. You know, as an example, um, when I'm seeing some behavior in a spouse and it's really not making sense, and they seem to be overreacting, I'm like, oh. You know, I know exactly what this pattern means. It, And I asked, hey, has your spouse had any trauma around these sort of things? And they're like, yeah, it's this, this, and this. I was like, exactly. I, I know I know what these patterns mean. It's just, you know, it's just an everyday. It's fixable.
1: Thing. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. But that's the thing. What What's fixable for a doctor? It's not fixable for the patient. People no. really need to become humble enough to realize that it's an extreme case. And people are usually humble enough when we are in conferences, in webinars, in workshops. People recognize they don't know what they're doing, but they don't really go to the next step, which is they don't know how to calculate hope. And most of you are feeling hopeless when you should not. Well, maybe it's easier than you think it is. You simply don't know the solution yet, right? Um, I was I wanted to bring up for today's podcast one of the people I was talking to earlier on today, uh, for this next cohort of the six month program, and. And in this example, this guy is a great guy. And he was saying how recently um, his spouse, and I want to see what you think, Marcus. You, you, you might have seen the notes, um, but I want to see what you think. Mm-hmm. His spouse was, um, well, had an affair some years ago. And the other week he found her uh, texting on her phone, right? So again, everything seemed a little bit fine, but he asked, look, who, who are you talking to? again it's one of the mistakes right if your spouse had an affair you guys are still struggling no matter how decent things look the problem is not fixed you might stop the affair but you haven't fixed the root issue right so that's for some of you guys listening to this that are feeling like things are going well things might be going well now but the root issue is not fixed it's what we call up cycles and down cycles right you're in an up cycle you feel like everything is fine you're in a down cycle you feel like it's the the end of the world it's neither there is a root cause Causing symptoms, the symptoms come and go. They mean nothing, anyways. Yeah, but there's an affair, right? Yeah, exactly. There was an affair, it was a stop by now. So he sees her texting. She's like, Hey, who is it? She's like, I I don't want to tell you. So, of course, the most logical conclusion is, is, Oh, she's having another affair. So he does the unthinkable and he actually pulls out the phone from her hands, right? Again, bad move. I told him on the call, he knows everyone knows. The move doesn't matter here. It's why that move happened, right? So he pulled out the phone. He saw the conversation and, you know, things escalated. Even the police came in, things like that, right? He didn't get physical, of course. He didn't get physical, but I think like other family members saw the interaction and they got concerned. I don't know exactly what happened there, right? Yeah. The point is, why did he act that way? Especially when later on, there is a twist. to This story later on, she revealed that she wasn't talking to a guy. She showed him the conversation and she was talking to another woman who needed help and she was helping her, right? (laughs) What happened? Well, there are two questions in my head, right, Mark? A, why didn't she just tell him? And B, why did he react in that way? And the answers are very simple. A, she didn't tell him because there is a problem. It doesn't matter how nice things look. It's an upcycle. The root problem is not fixed she was likely doing what we call a resistance test. She's affecting you effectively giving you trouble for no reason to see how you react. And again, it's not that they're thinking about this as a test, it's that they're just, you know, um, without necessarily consciously trying to give you the test, they're putting you on through this test, right? To see if you care about them, to see if you've changed, to see how you will react. It's a bit of a test that she's putting you through, right? That's why she's doing that, <clears throat> not because there is no hope, not because there is bad communication. It's because she's putting you through a test. And then the question is: <clears throat> It wasn't an easy test to pass. You didn't need to do that much. In fact, if you do nothing, you pass the test. On <laughs> well, that case, why why did he fail the test? The test, right? What do you think made him Mark want to pull out the phone from his hand when it's a case that there is a lot of hope? I see a lot of hope based on the assessment. He said he was a four out of five on the call, right? So he didn't seem, see the same hope. Why do you think he reacted that way, Mark? Well, that's Why really do you think interesting.
0: I, I think it's connected to, a little bit to what you were saying earlier, is that in a lot of these cases, the, the problem isn't resolved. Like, for him, you know, maybe the the affair was in the past, but does he feel safe in the, in the relationship and he even further like yeah. here is this threat to him like he wants to feel assurance he's saying i would like to know who's on the phone and he's you know underneath all that he's like i want to feel some assurance here i want to feel like there's some openness and she said no it's
1: a so bit of husband have... mode what we talk about too well even, of, to me now husband that. mode
0: isn't necessarily terrible if things are going well Uh, and like, if if everything's going fine, it's fine for him to wonder who's on the phone. And if everything's going fine, like I I can go to my wife and I I can ask her, Hey, who are you talking to? Largely because, you know, for my wife and I, we see each other as, as a spouse. Like we, we want to connection. And I, I do, you know, your point there here in bringing up like this husband mode is yes, a lot of those actions where you kind of assume that acting as a husband or acting as a wife is is okay when she doesn't fully
1: see you as such exactly she doesn't fully see you as such
0: yeah that does turn into a problem here and you know as a husband it might be okay to to ask this but if she wasn't seeing him in that in that role then it's inappropriate for him to be grabbing the phone and exactly checking in on who
1: she's calling exactly right so basically he had the expectation that she should reply Uh, She should tell him, right? But she was testing him, right? And he was in husband mode, aka, I feel entitled to that information, rather than in maybe engaged couple mode or dating mode a little bit more in a jokily manner in which you assume that she's checked out regardless of what she says or does. You know she's going through something rather than acting as her husband and she doesn't see you as such. So no matter how many flowers you bring, no matter how... It's not going kind to of have an impact, right? It's not about being a good husband anymore. That was years before. Now it's about how do you get her back, right? You have to go back to what we call dating mode a little bit more. And it's about changing her story and getting her to see you as a new person. She's put you into this box. We're talking about this box concept. She kind of put you into this box that, hey, you're manipulative. You're always angry. That was his case. She felt like he was always hungry, right? Yeah. Um. You are this horrible person. You cheated on me, whatever, right? And anything you do is seen through that lens. Anything you do is put back into the box, right? Um, so you need to break down that box and get her to see you as a new person, get her to see you that you've changed. And also what you might called bring up the mirror, right? Show her that, hey, dude, she messed up too. She also made mistakes, right?
0: Well, I think there's like um, with holding up the mirror or, um, you know, like as you, you try to increase some accountability there's some timing with that even as as well it's it's a really difficult thing just like you know you're talking about going into husband mode there's there's like a time and a place for that sort of behavior and similarly there's a time and a place for challenging some story and for holding someone else accountable and like really exploring those discrepancies between you know in this case her having had an affair and then her um, you know, having some secrecy around some calls, like it's hard to confront that when things aren't good. It, I, what I noticed a lot with that is like a lot of people stumble over those sort of behaviors. Like for him, it makes perfect sense to confront that. Like, Hey, you're, ho- you're hiding something from me. You are required to share with me this information. And it all fell apart.
1: Um,
0: a large part of that I imagine is, is because, he hadn't worked up to a point where he could discuss some of those hard topics, or or where he could challenge her on some of those things. He didn't do those first steps, uh, and so it it all kind of broke down. Yeah. Exactly. That's so, interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh. So what did you? I'm I'm curious, like where where that went. Like, did he recognize that? That wasn't going to go anywhere. Well, like, did he recognize the the mistake there?
1: Of course, of course, right? We all we all see it. Like uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Um, but the reality here is that most of the time we are not qualified to, you know, give us ourselves advice because we're in the bottle and you cannot read the label from the from the outside, right? Mm-hmm. What What are some other interesting cases you've seen? What is like the, and again, people don't really realize that. Everything we do, everything that mark have developed, right, over Mm -hmm. the years, it's a system. People don't realize that we have spreadsheets, we have diagrams, we track things, we use numbers, we use scripts, we do things word by word. Why is it so surgical? Why is it so measured? Because it is an extreme case. It's not enough to go the improve yourself route, like some other people recommend out there, or the be a better husband. Change yourself, and she will come back. Focus on yourself. No, you focus on yourself. She's an emotional alcoholic. You will not pay enough attention to her, and then she will continue drinking on her emotional alcoholic story. Right? Yeah, you're asking you need a surgical about some, procedure.
0: Yeah, some interesting cases, and we're talking about yeah. like this is in terms of like a a very specific process. And what I find interesting is when, when I have clients that come to me and they're like, well, you know, my case is it's different and you know, my case is going to be more difficult. And I'm just like, no, that's, that's just not the, the case. I, um, a somewhat recent client of ours, uh, I actually have a, a few in this sort of scenario, but like, there's a, there's a case of a bit of like, and I don't want to put any diagn- official diagnosis on stuff like this, but a, a case of a bit of what I would call some codependency and what's interesting here is like, with my client, um, his wife is at the same time saying, hey, I want a lot of space. And at the same time, uh, gets really like, uh, well, one day, like, say she wants a lot of space. And then the next day, she's like, I can't live without you. And this is really hard. And why aren't you drawing boundaries? Why are you making this so hard for me to pull away from you? And he's like, what is going on there? Where she's, doesn't want anything to do with me and then the next day she's like she can't live without me and then it's my fault that she feels this way. I and he was like I bet you, essentially he was asking me i bet you've never like seen something like this, this is is there any real hope for stuff like this? this is too confusing. I was like no dude like this is this is just another day for me I've I've seen stuff like this this before. Like I said I even right now there I have a few clients that are have some codependent sort of issues going on. And, you know, with all of these cases, whether there's some codependency or whether it's an extreme amount of distance, whether there's a lot of fights or or anything, um I've I found that as we approach this with a process and as we approach this uh, really being thoughtful about how, how we're going about these, these interactions, it it all kind of follows a very similar path. And in this case, you know, and just like all cases, we're needing to take a little bit of time to really take a moment to figure out what, what are, what is your goal here? Like, what kind of messages, what kind of actions are you trying to build up? You know, we, we talk a lot with the clients about their counter narrative, or sometimes we call it the, like the home messages, you know, and for this guy here, it was a lot about wanting there to be some healthy space and wanting there to be some healthy independence between the two of them, wanting to, for them each to take responsibility for their own actions. And I was like, okay, that's not as common of a home message or counter narrative, but it was really important for him. And as we started to develop that, what was really interesting is his wife started being a little bit less frantic and she started opening up a little bit more and they, you know, they, There wasn't quite as so much drama as he was sticking to his counter narrative that we were building up so like even this what he considered was an extreme and different and unique case it all kind of followed the the same flow that we were doing with a lot of the other clients and it he started seeing a lot of progress there so this isn't um we're talking about this being like a surgical sort of situation, and that really is the case. Like when we actually go in and we're careful about how we're handling this, and when we are very thoughtful about how we're proceeding, a lot of the panic and a lot of the desperation drop away, and we're much better able to move forward, even though things seem a bit hopeless.
1: Exactly. Exactly so that's very interesting um there are many cases like that again it's not just codependency it's like anything you can imagine we've seen people with bipolar disorder depression anxiety an extreme case is different from what the average coach out there that works on relationships (laughs) helps out Um, they're offering you videos they're offering you sessions i I,
0: I have some friends like so i've been in this game for a little while and i have friends Yeah, I I call them friends. They're people with I've that I've met with on many occasions, and we talk about business, and we're we're friendly towards each other. I've never met any of these people in real life, but they're people who I have a relationship with that are peers that are in similar coaching, sort of. they, They run they run their own coaching programs, and what I've found funny about a lot of this is, you know, a lot of them eventually shift their practice because. They don't like dealing with these extreme cases. They really they don't.
1: They can't. Because then I you mean, don't get results. And then what do you tell the client? It's yeah, hard. I'm, they but usually it's, just it's, say, look, there was no hope or focus on working on yourself.
0: Well, I, I hear a lot of, from them. They're like, you know, I need to I need to shift my practice. And they're like, I I just want to work with like, they'll tell me. They'll, I, I just want to work with high ticket clients who are like already winning because that, that feels really in alignment with my energy or they'll use some sort of other woo-woo sort of thing. Yeah, and he's like, of course,
1: I want people who pay me a ton of money that aren't in an easy case. And he's like-
0: Oh yeah, yeah. and that, that's that's exactly it. They're searching they you're like,
1: <laughs> I, like I,
0: want, I just want to great. pay me money and it's easy. And I'll just, I'll help them get from like a 95% to a 97%, you know, in terms exactly. of like,
1: health or something like that. And that's- I want to make them a, you know, great husband. Here's the thing. I know some of you guys are looking at different programs, different people, right? We don't particularly care about you trusting us or what we say. That's why we do the workshops. That's why we show you literally the spreadsheets we use, the process we use, right? The tools, the, the actually how to. Uh, we're doing a workshop tomorrow if you guys are listening to this. So keep an eye on your email for that. Um, I'm running a workshop tomorrow. It's going to massive. Um, in any case, I know you guys are looking at different people for this. My job is not to tell you to trust us, but to help you determine who is talking bullshit and who is not necessarily. And anybody who is still talking more about, oh, how painful is this for you? Oh, what are your goals? Why is this important to you? Oh, uh, how do you feel about this? Anybody who's trying to prop up how bad you feel, how good it's going to feel to get the problem, is trying to sell you on something. Challenge that. You need to be getting told things you didn't know before. When I get people who want to join our program, before I explain to them how the program works, I say, look, what do you think we're going to do with you? And they say, well, first, I don't know. Maybe you're going to help me open up communication, right? And I'm like, okay, what do you think we're going to tell you? Well, you're going to tell me to listen to her, right? Um, You're going to tell me to be patient. You're going to tell me to, you know, not get angry. And I'm like, okay, so do you need to pay somebody this much to tell you, those things it's like no exactly right (laughs) you should not be really listening to any advice that is conventional because you are dealing with an extreme case conventional advice a it's not worth paying for b it's not applicable to you no matter how many testimonials they have because testimonials are cherry-picked you get 200 people in the program you get 50 testimonials that's success rate for some people right no don't look at those things don't look at testimonials. don't look at those things can be biased. Look at do they have a process? Does the process make sense in your head? And does the process sound traditional? Or is there an actual breakthrough? Are they trying to just sell you something? Or are they trying to get you to understand what the real problem is? And for us, that is the emotional alcoholic analogy. That is the big breakthrough for some people that we tell them look, what your spouse says, what your spouse does means nothing. She's effectively an emotional alcoholic. She's built up this story about her, about the situation, and that is driving her behavior. We don't look at what she says or does, anyways. I, so
0: something like, interesting. Story you up. I, I do, and I will say, you know, I, I think that's a it's a good thought to have. It's a good breakthrough. I think a lot of people certainly, you know, they look at yeah, what this deep spouse is saying, and they're like, well, if she's saying it's over, then it's over. And I think a lot of people appreciate that. You know, you and I, we don't care about <laughs> that quite so much. I mean, we have to take it into consideration. The, there's, there's so much more no, to we, we, like, we do. You beyond... have to, here's the
1: thing you, you, as the coach, have to take it into consideration because you know what it means and you know how to take many things. The client I... should not be taken into consideration, especially that's, that's them. More I
0: would agree with that. Right?
1: Because yeah. you, you're always trying to explain your thought process because to you, your thought process is very nuanced. You, you know the full system, you know all the steps, the stages, you know all the tools, right? To you, yes, it's just formation. To the mm-hmm. client, to the situation, A, it's not how we calculate hope. We don't look at what she says or does because that's not the real. Problem that is the symptom. B. The client should not be looking at those things to make decisions, right? That is the real I, point here. I would,
0: yeah, I would agree with that. I always, like to simplify to I always love to take things from a more nuanced position, but you know, like that's 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 part of how I like to talk to people, and that's part of the job, okay. right?
1: Exactly. And I'm seeing here in the comments on Facebook. We see like Robert Smith saying here in the live video, saying, "Hey, this sounds similar." And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> Most people's situations are actually more similar than you guys think in effect especially amongst extreme cases right mm. but yeah that's that's what i wanted to bring up a little bit for today um anything interesting that you want to bring up too uh, mark
0: uh well, i think we covered a lot of like what we were aiming to discuss today we we're talking a lot about hope and how we take a look at that quite a bit um we took a look at a lot of the examples um you know certainly, I would love to hear any comments from from people and this is I, I always want to invite this from anyone that's listening in or anyone that um, just wants some questions answered we We try to be really respondent um to to the our audience to the community that's why we have the Facebook groups, and that's why we try to be a little bit active in there. Uh, so I'd love to hear from anyone out there that's listening, or even if you're in a bit of a listening to the replay of this, please tell us like what you'd like to hear from these sort of conversations. We're aiming to to make this a little bit more free-flowing, and we want to make sure that it's serving you all, um, you know, not just as a way for you to get to know, say, myself and Sergio or the other people within our organization. But, you know, I'm hoping that this is... An actual good, useful sort of tool that you're actually learning something a little bit as you listen to these these conversations. Anyways, that, that's my two cents. I don't know what about you. Any last thoughts here?
1: No, that's pretty, that's pretty good stuff. Um, we're gonna we're gonna see what's going on there. Um, we have quite a few more topics I want to talk about. So I'm gonna give you guys some ideas. We have the idea of the green orange, uh, sorry, green box, orange box. So it's the idea that we see the process of recovery like three, four, five, six different kind of boxes, right? Like one of the boxes communication, another one is what you say, another one is the hope you see, right? And most people have like one in green, but all of the others in red, right? So the f- process cannot flow. We have the idea of hope protection and what we think on, you know, how some people try to protect themselves by saying, "Look, I'm gonna be moderate with my hope so that I don't get my heart broken." That's wrong. When you're moderate with your hope, you're not seeing the real hope there is, and you're going to act more hopeless. And when you act more hopeless, you're more needy. Or when you're being put to the test, like in the example of this guy with the phone earlier on, if he wasn't a 5 and he was a 10, if he knew, even though anybody telling you that there is 100% hope, it's bullshitting you, right? But if he fully was believing that there was 100% hope, that he was going to recover it because he knew what to say, what to do, right? If he had more hope, he would not have done that. He didn't do that because he had anger issues. He did that because he didn't see the hope we do. So again, even though there is never 100% hope, usually there is 90% hope. There is 85% hope. If you do what you're told, things are going to work out way better than you think they can. So anyways, don't really try to protect your hope. Those are some of the minor points we can cover more some of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And also maybe like how to change the story. We get lots of questions about changing the story, which is kind of tricky to talk about.
0: Yeah. So one last reminder, like you said, you're doing a running a workshop tomorrow. So please people show up for that. Um, I think you're going a little bit into a little bit more detail about how some of the processes work in Sergio. Is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. If you guys are in the Facebook group or you guys are in our emails, just check your email. You see an invitation. Uh, Just take a look to register for that. Um, But yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. So yeah, let us know in the comments. Let's see how that goes. Uh, And I will see you guys uh, in the next week then. Cool stuff. (laughs) Sounds good. See you, Sergio.
0: Thanks for listening to The Thriving Marriage, your A to Z blueprint for not just surviving marriage, but thriving. Until next time, my friends, thrive on.